Good morning. My name is Ken Adams, and I am chair of the worship committee here no, at First no. Parish. Welcome to our Sunday worship. If you are a guest or a newcomer, if you've been coming to services here for a while now, or if this has been your spiritual home for years, we're glad you're here. There are many activities, events, and ways to connect with our community here at First Parish, and I'll highlight some for you this morning. However, we also invite you to see the written announcements, which are in your order of service, the bulletin boards, which are in the parish house, uh, and the church website for more opportunities and details. Particularly, if you're new to First Parish, we invite you to see the announcements or a greeter for ways to learn more about us and get involved. The Immigration Task Force will host an open house and informational session today at 12 p.m. in the barn room. We'll have a light lunch and materials for you to browse and discuss. At 12.30, will show the 30-minute film titled Uprooted, Refugees of the Global Economy, which will be followed by a discussion facilitated by ministerial intern Elizabeth Wynne. The Peace and Justice in the Middle East group will offer a two-part seminar on the history of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict on Friday, April 8, and Friday, May 6, both at 7 p.m. You can see Grace Hall during social hour today for details. In addition, the group will meet today in the Fuller Room at 12.30. All are welcome to attend. More information is in the written announcements. Uh, Grace Hall was the contact person for this. Grace, would you mind standing? And Grace is right over here if you're interested for, in more information. A bereavement support group for those who have lost a loved one due to death will meet on Wednesday evenings, March 30th, April 6th, and April 13th in the Maria Baldwin Room from 7 to 9 p.m. Reverend Lilia Cuervo and Maury Mullen will co-lead this group. Please see Maury Mullen after the service for information or to register. Maury, would you mind standing for a moment so folks could see you? Thank you. Many of us carry feelings of ambivalence and often woundedness from, our, from past experiences with religion. Senior Minister Fred Small and Jan Ellerston will lead a Spiritual Pathways program titled Owning Your Religious Past, which will take place 7 to 9 p.m. on Wednesdays from April 6th to May 4th. Through personal exploration and group sharing, we'll reflect upon our past religious connections and what they mean to us today. Registration information is, printed in your, in, is, registration information is in your printed announcements. Celebration Sunday was a huge success. We raised 66% of our annual fund goal, which is $197,607. This is the most we have ever raised on a Celebration Sunday, so thank you to everyone. But there is still about 150 members and friends who haven't pledged yet. If you have not pledged, you can pledge online at our website, or bring your pledge form to the stewardship table in the parlor after worship. If you have any questions about pledging, please see Eileen Sullivan. After 18 months of planning, the project to remove the two front rows of pews up here uh, is going to begin tomorrow, March 28th. When we, <laughs> when we come into the sanctuary on April 3rd, there will be more space in the front. 
This will allow for flexible seating on the south side to better accommodate people in wheelchairs and people with mobility issues, and it will allow more space on the north side for our growing choir. If you have questions about the project, please speak to David Ray, who is the chair of Buildings and Grounds. And now a spotlight announcement from the Abilities and Access Work Group. Hi, Barbara. How are you? I'm fine, Kate, but why are you yelling? Because you're blind? My ears are fine. Well, I guess I have a lot of misperceptions about people with disabilities. Well, a lot of people do have misperceptions about it. In fact, a lot of, of uh, disabilities are invisible. In fact, the majority of them are. I have a hearing loss. I have a hearing loss which people can't tell unless they see my hearing aids. And then they mistakenly think they make my hearing normal. Oh, and I have a spinal cord injury and a brain injury and a bit of a pain issue. Um, but you can't tell this by just looking at me. It's like with people being gay or straight or, in my case, crooked. Well, wouldn't it be good if we could find out about all these invisible disabilities so that we could help include everyone? That's why we've created a survey. Oh, good idea. Can you speak into the microphone? It's a short survey. <laughs> it's a short survey designed to help the congregation better accommodate people with all types of disabilities. We're encouraging people with chronic health problems or disabilities of any type to come out of the closet and be disabled and proud. If you are on the first parish mailing list, you have probably also already received a copy. There will also be copies available during social hour. There's a link to it also on the first parish website. Wonderful. Good idea. Good idea. Are there any questions? I do. I don't have a disability. Should I still take the survey? Yes. We want to know about the whole congregation, regardless of whether they have a disability. Oh, some people don't consider their, their problems to be disabilities, and you know, until you walk in someone else's shoes, how can you know? Um, and we still want to know, so thank you very much, and we hope to hear from you all soon. And if there are any questions, you can ask them. Thank you. And now, please mute your cell phones. Our service begins with the prelude.
the beauty of the trees, the softness of the air, the fragrance of the grass speaks to me. The summit of the mountain, the thunder of the sky, the rhythm of the sea speaks to me. The faintness of the stars, the freshness of the morning, the dewdrop on the flower speaks to me. The strength of fire, the taste of salmon, the trail of the sun, and the life that never goes away, they speak to me. And my heart soars. Whoever you are, wherever you are on the journey of life or the journey of spirit, we welcome you into our hearts. If this is your first time at First Parish with us this morning, I invite you to rise in body or in spirit, and one of us will run a microphone to you. And I invite you to let us know where you're from and your name. And if you've been here before but haven't introduced yourself, today is also a great time for that. Is there anyone here for the first time? Uh, my name is David Light. Um, we, were, uh, we were with the Unitarian Universalist Church of San Mateo up until about three weeks ago, and then I got a last-minute job offer, and suddenly I'm here in Cambridge again. So, Welcome. Well, my name is Leslie Light. Um, I'm new to the town, so I start um, researching a little bit more. So I'd be happy to be here. Yeah, happy that you're here. I'm Peter Rowich uh, from Albany, New York. I uh, hear from the UU congregation in Albany and the UU congregation of Saratoga Springs. And I'm here visiting my daughter, Emily. Uh, my name is Emily Rowich, and I just moved here two weeks ago from Jacksonville, Florida. Also, a, a last minute job offer brought me here really quick. Um, I'll also make a plug. I moved here so quick, I'm still looking for a place to live. So if anyone in the Belmont area knows of a two-bedroom apartment, please, please come find me. Okay. Welcome. My name is Veronica Fry. I'm actually a Cambridge native, and I'm just looking for a new community. Hi, I'm Sylvia Wheeler. Um, I've been coming off and on over the years and uh, just joined this week. I'm happy to be a new member of the congregation. Hi, I'm Lauren Hershey. I'm here from the Washington, D.C. area, living in Virginia. I'm visiting my son and daughter-in-law and two grandchildren. I'm happy to be here today. Hello. Hello. Cambridge is my hometown. But I just got back from Argentina, and I look forward to having a good summer here. Dwayne James Baker, thank you very much. Bienvenido. Did we miss anyone? Here at First Parish in Cambridge, we seek to live the dream of beloved community and to practice unconditional love and hospitality. And so we say to our newcomers and to ourselves and to each other, we meet you in joy and love. We meet you in joy and love. We appreciate your inherent worth and dignity. We appreciate your inherent worth and dignity. 
welcome to First Parish. Susan Shepherd is our newcomer liaison today. There she is. She's very hospitable and kind and all sorts of things. So she's ready to answer all your questions, anything that you want to talk to her about First Parish and anything else. I think she's a good pastoral care too. Remember uh, some weeks ago about the hogs? That we need four hogs for survival, eight for maintenance and 12 for growth. So somebody want to hug today? So this is the time to say to each other, good morning, any way you want, a hug, a hello, a wink of the eye, whatever. So today we have a little treat. We are going to sing Come, Come, Whoever You Are. And we are going to sing it in English and in Spanish. And the words are in your order of worship. So I will teach the pronunciation in English. I mean in Spanish. <laughs> this is what happens when you are bilingual. Okay. The words are Ben, Ben, Cual eres, then? Cual eres, then? Nómada en búsqueda. Si amas la vida. La nuestra es la caravana de amor. Ven otra vez, then. Okay, and what we are going to do is do two groups, one side and the other side. Elizabeth will start singing in English, and I will start singing in Spanish here. And we are going to do the first time all in English and all in Spanish. Then we are going to divide in the two groups and sing four times in rounds. After the second time, we are going to switch 
I mean, you are in Cambridge, you are capable. That's what Jonathan said, so I trust you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Okay, so I think that's it. Those are the instructions, and let's go for it. in English. will switch to Spanish. It sounded nice from up here. Here's a quote by Nobel Peace Prize winner Archbishop Desmond Tutu. We were made to enjoy music, to enjoy beautiful sunsets, to enjoy looking at the billows of the sea and to be thrilled with a rose that is bedecked with dew. Human beings are actually created for the transcendent, for the sublime, for the beautiful, for the truthful. And all of us are given the task of trying to make this world a little more hospitable to these beautiful things.
I invite you to join in reading our covenant printed on the front of the order of worship. In covenant with one another and all we hold sacred, we answer the call of love, welcoming all people into the celebration of life, searching for truth and meaning and striving for justice and compassion to nourish and serve each other, our community and our world. Would the children please come forward for a story for all ages? So today we have we are going to talk with the adults about adding or putting magic into the ordinary lives. Sometimes we feel bored, sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, it's raining or there's nothing to do, but we always can put some magic, some excitement in our lives if we know how to do it, we know for means to do it. So one of the ways that I always find excitement and magic in my life is when I am cooking or when I am eating or when I am even in the supermarket looking at these beautiful products, these beautiful um, fruits and vegetables. What do we have here? Do you know what this? A pepper. What color is it? Orange. Do you like that color? I like my favorite color. Really? <laughs> what do we have here? Orange. And uh, what do we have here? An avocado. And do you know where it comes from? Here it says it comes from Mexico. Mexico? Yes, Mexico. And what about this? Do you know what this is? Kiwi. Kiwi. You know where it came from? Just take a guess. Italy. Kiwi is from Italy. So here we have from Mexico an avocado. We have a kiwi from Italy. The peppers probably from Mexico too. Who knows? And this is called star fruit. And this comes from, doesn't say, carambola. But um, take a guess where it's come from. Bananas come from Colombia, Ecuador, from South America, from Central America. Ah, Colombia is where your mother is from. Guess what? I am from Colombia too. So, what is this? Beautiful. Red onion, right? Okay, so what we are going to do is find more magic even in these fruits and vegetables. And what we are going to do is, with good helpers here, we are going to open them. Now, the way to open a fruit or a vegetable is with reverence. You know what reverence means? Like with some kind of holy, sacred way to do it? Because these things are given to us as gifts. I know it's a big word, reverence. But when you have respect for things, yeah, we can use a knife. How many knives we have? Three. Three knives. Oh, God. Okay, so we are going to open these fruits with reverence. We are going to say, like Native Americans say, with respect. We 
ask permission to open it because they are going to be part of our bodies, our nourishment. And so we say, thank you for being in our life. Thank you for allowing me to open you. And you know another miracle, another magic thing is, for example, this pepper that I am going to cut, I am the first person in the entire universe that is going to see what is inside this pepper. Isn't that something to really ponder and see? So let's see what is in this pepper. Look at that. Isn't it magic? Isn't it beautiful? Okay. So here we have a pepper. And you are going to help me cut the other things because we are going to show the congregation also. Now, how about an orange? See how beautiful? Is it different from the pepper? Very different. You have? Yeah, it is nice. Now this pepper, different color. Okay. Oh, it's a little different, see? Isn't it different? A little bit? Look at this. Okay. Onion. See? Beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Look at this. Gorgeous. You like those rings, huh? Okay. Here we have more. Elizabeth, you want to cut one? You do? Yeah, yeah. You can. Here. Elizabeth is, going, Elizabeth is going to show you the, the star one. Yeah. That's what is called a star, because it looks like a star. Yeah, great. We can put more in the other trays. Now we are going to put them in different trays. Had you seen a kiwi inside? I know it's inside a banana, but it's But it's always magic to see. Look at, look at the kiwi. You already have seen those? It's all of these mm -hmm. patterns are really beautiful. Kiwi. Yeah, they are beautiful. Look at these colors. So this is what I call magic. Let's put that in there. We can, we can take from this one, please. Okay. So now when you go to your homes during the week, when you open a banana or a or an orange, or any kind of vegetable, think on the magic. Look at this. This is how we add magic to our lives, paying attention to things, being grateful for food, for vegetables, for all kinds of fruits, all kinds of grains. Speaking of grains, Yeah. Okay, now we need um, can you take this? And what we are going to do is we are going to go in front here in the aisle 
and then you come to the side so the congregation can see. You are welcome. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope this week everybody pays great attention to fruits, to vegetables, to grains, to anything that is nourishment and be grateful for it because it's really a miracle to have these things so readily available in the supermarkets and in our homes. Okay. Now we are going to go to your classes and enjoy the fruits.
Snail River by Jim Bertolino. Here is the proposition that heals with the caress of eagle feather, that pulls a mountain range through the wing bone of a wren to let it blossom. The endless forms of the one thing, sunflower, a cougar's eye, glacier, underwater spider with its bubble of air, slow river of snail, spiral nebula. The way everything moistens with love, hastens with fire. Everywhere, mouths opening and closing, gills turning ocean to lace, baleen counting the smallest lives. It's time for computers to swoon to symphonic order of termite cathedrals. Bravo, bravo. Dance the gift of living crystal, the virtuous ballets of erectile tissue a sweetness in the hydraulic whistling of the black widow's musculature. Such intelligence. Listen to the shrill piping of silica inside the high Douglas fir. Hear everywhere the electron's bright chirp and the deep hum of the earth saying home. Each month here at First Parish in Cambridge, we give away half of our undesignated plate offering. Our beneficiary this month is the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, a nonprofit organization which advances human rights and social justice in the United States and around the world. Our generosity supports their vital work. If this is your first time in worship with us this morning, I invite you to let the offering plate pass you by. Today's worship is our gift to you. Our morning offering will now be given and received.
Here we are gathered at the end of yet another week. Some of us are enjoying the feeling of celebration as we return to our familiar spiritual home. Some of us are new, looking for a place to satisfy our needs of spiritual growth. And some of us, the needs of our children as well. Whatever our needs, wants, or expectations, let us for a few moments now quiet our minds, slow our racing thoughts, feel the pulse of our lives in our breathing in and in our breathing out and in the beating of our hearts. Holy One, we come in gratitude for the many gifts of life, of family and friends, and of this spiritual community of faithful companions in our journey towards our better selves. We come in joy for all that is good and healthy and fresh in our lives. We come with thoughts of healing, of comfort, of nurturing for those sick in distress, for those suffering in body, mind, and spirit, for those oppressed by injustice, for those torn by war, in prison, and in unhealthy bonds. We come in mourning for the loss of lives through natural causes, through illness, through accidents, and through acts of nature. Today, we specially mourn the waste of life through war, through violence, through unresolved ill feelings between nations. Spirit of peace and healing, the journey to forgiveness can be difficult, if not impossible, at times. Help us to forgive those who hurt us and to forgive ourselves. Help us in the times of loneliness and despair to find comfort in the warmth of this community and in the strength of the interconnected web of all existence. Help us to see the sparkle of divinity in ourselves and in each one we meet, that we may treat all with the respect, compassion, and love we all crave. Amen. At the sound of the bell, I invite you to breathe deeply, to relax your bodies, and to quiet your minds. You may want to elevate a prayer of gratitude or love, or you might use this time for introspection and meditation.
Amén. Please join me in body or spirit in singing hymn number 398 to see the world in a great grain of sand. And because it's new for us, Jonathan is going to play twice over so we can hear the melody real well. Sing it twice.
I am so excited in doing this service today because I love to hear how people can turn ordinary, seemingly ordinary and simple things in life and add color and magic to those days when they seem not too exciting. Um, so planning this service, we decided to do it as a dialogue sort of, of sorts and we want to invite you later, of course, to participate. That's what we call this sermon in many voices because we want to hear also from your voices. So Elizabeth, you would like to share with us how you turn something that could have been plain and ordinary into something magic? Sure. Well, one experience that I had very, very recently this morning um, was the experience of tunnel vision, the rest of the world collapsing and closing in as I focus all of my being and intention on those gates to the T as I sprint clutching my Charlie card and that voice that has no compassion or empathy that says, I can't, I won't try to do it because you know, they're all different, but the one that goes attention passengers, the next red line train to Braintree is now arriving and it's not approaching, it's arriving and you're running and you're running and, and the rest of the world isn't there. Um, and for me, seeing the magical and being able to experience the magical in our ordinary lives is often just about letting the periphery be there, about reclaiming my peripheral vision, about not just seeing the goal of this day or this moment or this week, but being able to see everything else that's going on. And, and I have to practice it. Um, and one of the practices that I try to use sometimes when my vision gets really tunnely um, is to try to see the beauty in every person that I see. Whether it's the rumpled shirt of an otherwise very purposeful and put together business person, <laughs> or the sticky blue fingers of a small child finishing a popsicle. No matter what it is, when I can let the world that is here, when I can see it, when I don't have the vision problem of only seeing that one starred email that I know I was supposed to respond to like three weeks ago and it's still starred sitting there looking at me, when I can see what else is there, that is when I can experience the magic of my ordinary life. Yeah, openness for me is an attitude that is necessary if we are going to put some magic into the ordinary. When we are in attitude of openness with our six senses, the six being our intuition. Can you hear me? No? Now, better? Should I scream? <laughs> I don't like this. Okay, now I have two microphones. Can you hear me with this? Today we are talking about disabilities. Now you can see mine. Glaring. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. So I was saying that when we can see uh, the world with that sense of openness, when our six senses 
including the intuition, which is being called the sixth sense, then the, way, uh, the, the, the soul can navigate all these ocean of possibilities in our lives. The attitude of openness allows us to flow with the circumstances without resistance or much analysis, but rather enjoying the moment without passing judgment on the moment or wishing it better than it is. We must remember that each moment is perfect unto itself, that just being able to breathe is magic. Seen through the eyes of the soul, all is magic. The little bunch of grass shooting out of the crack in the sidewalk, a small patch of garden, a flower pot, a flower, a fly, even a cockroach. Have you seen a cockroach with detail, the beautiful structure of those legs, of the wings? I mean, we are accustomed to think that it's, ugh. But when you are open, you can see beauty in a cockroach. You can see beauty in a beetle. You can see beauty in everything. We can find perfection even in those critters that make us cringe. If only we truly wish to take the time to see them the way they really are. I remember when I was a child being mesmerized by the file of ants going so busily and so organized, always carrying these little cargos in their bags and greeting each other with the little antennas. And I could spend hours just looking at ants. And so sometimes I do that now that I am an adult because I want to put some magic back into my life. Butterflies were my delight when I was growing up, and this is eons ago. There were a lot of butterflies in Colombia, in the countryside, and there were all kinds of colors, all kinds of shapes, all kinds of sizes, and that was mesmerizing to me to see butterflies. Unfortunately, we don't see that many, although I understand that those gardeners that plant certain plants that attract certain kinds of butterflies can enjoy them. Part of the childhood delight in the world is precisely to see the world with fresh eyes without ulterior judgments. Healthy children don't fear expressing their emotions. Childhood wisdom dictates that children live intensely open and in the moment. So that's a way to put magic into our lives, living in the moment like you said, Elizabeth. Another way that I see magic in my life is through objects that are ordinary and functional but have the stories of my family and my friends behind them. Um, the Spokane poet uh, Sherman Alexie writes that human beings are too simple-minded. We all like to think each person or place or thing is only itself. But that's not true at all, he writes. Everything is stuffed to the brim with ideas and love and hope and magic and dreams. And so I think of a bowl that I have. A bowl is a bowl is a bowl. And this bowl was made by the parents of a dear friend of mine. And it comes from Shell Lake, Wisconsin. And it migrated to an apartment in a small town in Minnesota and now it lives in Somerville, Massachusetts, and it's held birthday cake and breakfast, confetti, and once even a small potted plant. And so I look at this bowl, which is just a bowl, 
but when I can remind myself of all of the love and stories that it's held, I can let a piece of magic live in that bowl. And this is true for me in that I love wearing clothes that have stories too. For one, um, it, they're cheap often clothes that have been used and thus have stories. Um, but I love the idea that I'm wearing these life stories of people that I know and people that I don't know. I think of a ring that I have that's been passed down. It was my great-grandmother's. Her name was Amelia Odelia Hungerford. And she went to the big city, to New York City, to learn to be a nurse during the flu epidemic. But because so many people in her family fell sick, she came home to work in the restaurant. And through sort of this long story, came to be engaged and to be given this ring. And so I have this ring, and it's just, a, it's like metal and probably some stones that everyone pretends are valuable but are not really valuable. But because it is a symbol of her resilience, of the risk that she took to go to New York City and the commitment to her family that led her back home, it's magical. It has meaning. Another ingredient of bringing magic into my life is playfulness. Somebody said that play is an expression of character and of the soul. And our famous Emerson said that it is a happy talent to know how to play. And I could add, it is a happy talent also to know when to play. I have been able to bring to my life in general a certain attitude of playfulness. This attitude has helped me in times of uncertainty and waiting. When I am facing a change of route, when what I expected didn't happen, or when I begin to feel premonitions that a period of my life is about to end and that I'm going to embark into another big adventure, then I begin to play detective. I just love to play detective in those times. So I try to sharpen my senses. I pay attention to clues and signals in every place possible. Perhaps what somebody says, or the way he or she says it, or a book that is brought to me without asking for it, and then I open certain page, and there is certain thing that speaks to me, that's a clue to me, that's something I had to pay attention. Uh, also, even a word on a bumper sticker or in a fortune cookie or even dreams. I have had some prophetic dreams, like this time I was, um, I was contracted to go to Brazil to do continual research that I had started when I was there. And the decision took months and I was waiting and waiting and then one night I said, please give me a clue, because I cannot do anything without knowing if I am going or not to Brazil. So that night, you remember the Christ of Corcovado, the Señor de Corcovado with the arms extended? Well, I was dreaming and then he just bent like this and smiled. And I was so scared. It was so immense to see this huge image that's coming and bending and smile. 
So when I woke up, I knew I am going to Brazil. I mean, more clear than that. And sure enough, that day I received the tickets to go. So dreams sometimes, not sometimes, dreams always bring us some message if we pay attention. And that's a way to bring magic into our lives. Pay attention to dreams. They are very important. Another way that I think about magic is in the great power of people who are resistant in their communities to forces of oppression and injustice and who rise despite great obstacles. And Sherman Alexie in another one of his writings says this, years ago homosexuals were given special status within the tribe. They had powerful medicine. I think it's even more true today, even though our tribe has assimilated into homophobia. I mean, a person has to have magic to assert their identity without regard to all that BS, right? <laughs> and as someone who is deeply committed to justice, it's easy for me to see numbers and statistics and demographic data and to get lost in that world. But I think that Alexi is right. I think that there is something magical about the way that, um, to use Maya Angelou's words, and yet we rise, and yet people rise, and that, that is magic. And I also like to uh, put some reverence, or a lot of reverence in my life, because I think reverence is a very important, um, important element in putting and adding magic to our ordinary lives. In the spiritual journey of adding magic to the ordinary, it is of paramount importance to cultivate then this attitude of reverence. I, for one, and I know I am in good company, probably with people here, believe that all things, even the smallest or seemingly unimportant or inert, like stones, have their own souls and their own missions in life. Somebody believes that? Good. We are in good company, see? Sometimes when I am cooking or eating, something might fall on the floor, like a piece of fruit or vegetable, and sometimes I just clean it and eat it or put it in the pot, or sometimes just throw it away. And when I throw it away, I feel this tinge of guilt, because I think this piece of fruit, this piece of vegetable, this element was supposed to be part of my body, was supposed to nourish me or my partner or my friends if I am inviting people. And here I throw it in the garbage. So to me, I feel this piece of vegetable didn't fulfill the mission that was meant to be. Maybe this is crazy, but that's part of putting this magic, having everything with reverence. Mary Hayes Greco talks about onions this way. I see God in onions. I always have. I remember when I first saw my mother slicing into an onion when I was about six. I stopped my plane obstruct. What is this vegetable that is so pure, so watery white, so many layered in concentric rings that make mounds of perfect circles as they fall open onto the cutting board? Red onions are specially divine. I hold a slice up to the sunlight pouring through the kitchen window, and it glows like a fine piece of antique glass. 
there is so much extraordinary in the ordinary. To know how to find it, to be able to see God, the awesome mystery, the light giving force in all that is, is really an art. However difficult this art might seem, one can learn little by little by paying attention and displaying an attitude of openness, playfulness, and reverence. So we've talked a lot, so is Sturman in two voice, voices right now, but we'd like to hear your voices during our, the rest of our time. So if you would like to share a way that you bring magic or see magic or allow magic to be part of your ordinary life, then give a little wave. We'd love to hear your voice. Uh, this magic, I recently experienced this winter, and it's about community. Um, I have worked at a coffee shop called Simon's down the street on Mass Ave uh, for years. It's a great community place. Simon always takes time to talk with customers, and we really value the community there, but I didn't know quite how strong it was until he fell suddenly very seriously ill. He was in the ICU for a month. And I had customers coming out of the woodwork, offering to drive us to Costco to go get supplies, offering to cover his medical bills, sending flowers. And I just realized how important these places are in our, in our community can be. So it was really magical to just see that come together, to see everyone come together like that. He's fine now. He's back. Thank you. I swim at the Y in Brighton, and one time I forgot my goggles, which to me means you don't put your eyes in the water. And that whole time I was swimming, I was looking at the water and how sparkly it is and, and the splashes. And it was so much prettier than when I had my goggles. Thank you. I'm Sam the Third, and Sam the First, Sam Senior, had a wonderful thin linen shirt that I still have, which is now 70, 80 years old. And to put it on, it fits me, and it's so fine. And to remember that my grandfather wore that shirt is magic. And the other thing that's magic, I have his humidor. And when I open it, which is only once in 10 years or so, there's fresh tobacco and fresh apple in that humidor, and the smell snaps me back, and if that isn't magic, I don't know what is. Um, this is more a miracle. I ran the Obama campaign in Indiana. I ran the Obama campaign in Indiana in 2008. Uh, no Democrat ever won there before. Was basically to drain money from the Republicans not to win. Uh, the purpose was to essentially drain money from the Republicans not to win. We won by 0.9 percent. My grandchildren are magical for me. I have five. Yesterday in a conversation with the four-year-old Hi, Cooper. It's Grandma Claudette. Are you still drawing and doing artwork? Yeah. 
How do you feel? Funny. I say, honey, I love you in all your funniness. My name is Carrie, and as I've traveled around the country over the last 15 years, I was on buses a lot. And if I'd see anyone distressed, I would try to be there. So one night about 3 a.m. in Dallas, Texas, I saw a young woman who's only about 17 take a small child by the arm. I thought he'd suck it, he'd come out of the socket. So I stepped up to ask her and asked her if there was any way I could help her. And she immediately dissolved into my arms and I took the child. The miracle and the magic was the way the individuals in that bus station helped this young lady and this child to regain their composure. The bus driver, I, the bus driver for the next bus that would take her to her destination, cooperated and made an announcement to the bus that everyone should be quiet, that there was a young mother and a child that were in distress and needed to be well taken care of. And I want to tell you the peace that came in that area and to that mother. Well, I felt that my work was good. Anyway. My magic is kind of silly. When I'm driving to work and I know that I'm going to make a traffic light, I'm sure because I've done it many times, I say to myself, if I make that traffic light, I'm going to have a good day. And I always do. <laughs> so um, I have two babies, they're 10 months old, and um, it always surprises me what catches their attention and makes them laugh. And it's usually something that I wouldn't be paying attention to at all. Sometimes it's a, a piece of jewelry or the way my hand is moving or the cat who, you know, is cleaning herself on the floor. And the babies will just start to, to crack up. And it, it really surprises me. And it's kind of delightful because it's something that I wouldn't have otherwise noticed. But it's making them happy, so it makes me happy. I just have one that also involves Mara because um, a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago, we were here practicing, I think it was for the talent show or something, I forget. And anyway, we, were, we got done and it was probably about 9 o'clock. And um, the lady who was um, cleaning up the soup kitchen, it was because it was a Tuesday, we're not usually here on a Tuesday, um, she was finishing up and she had a whole bag of bread left over and she said, oh, do you want to take this with you? Because I, you know, I have this left over. And I said, well, I don't really need that much bread. I don't eat that much bread, but, what, you know, couldn't we give it to people in the, shell, in the soup kitchen? And she said, well, I gave everybody, everybody everything that they could use, and I still have this left over, and I'm just, you know, leaving. So I said, well, what if we took it, what if I took it into the square and just gave it out to people in the square? And she said, oh, yeah, sure. So I took the bag, and I came back in here, and everybody was getting ready to go home, and I said, can somebody please volunteer to go with me out in the square? Because I don't really want to go by myself, you know, and, but I want to do this. And Mara said, I'll do it. So we went out, and the first couple of people we found were some teenagers, and they were like, oh, no thanks, we're, we're all set. And then, then we ran into somebody else, and we gave them some bread. 
And then we ended up going into the pit over there, and uh, which, if you don't know, it's the, that area right behind the tea station where people kind of hang out um, who have no place else to go often. And um, so there was a kid sitting there. He was probably in his early 20s, and he looked pretty miserable. It was cold. And so we came up to him, and Mara said, hey, can you, friend, can you use some bread? He said, oh, yeah. So we gave him, like, two or three loaves, and he said, I said, I hope that's okay. And he said, oh, yeah, f food is food. And then suddenly there appeared these two older men, and they just kind of appeared, and it was a little scary for me because there weren't too many people around. And so, I, so we said, do you want some bread too? And they said, no, you know, we ate, we're all set, and we'd rather that you give that to somebody else who needs it more. And as we were walking back, we um, saw the gentleman that we had given some bread to sharing it with another woman that had come. So that, it was so much fun. It was really magical. And I said to um, my friend David, um, I really would like to do this all the time. And so we're thinking about, you know, coming once a month or something and helping in the soup kitchen because that was really magical. Thank you. Please rise in body or in spirit and join in singing our closing hymn, number 21, For the Beauty of the Earth.
Let us now extinguish the chalice saying in unison the words in number 701. We receive fragments of holiness, glimpses of eternity, brief moments of insight. Let us gather them up for the precious gifts that they are, and renewed by their grace, move boldly into the unknown. If you want to hold hands for this benediction. Rumi said, Sell your cleverness and buy bewilderment. May your lives be filled with magic moments. May you become artists at turning ordinary days into divine days. May your hearts cultivate always an attitude of openness and playfulness. And may your reverence for all that exists turn every space you inhabit into a holy place. May it be so, and amen. Our service, oh, our worship, excuse me. Our worship has ended. Our service begins. May we be open and playful and reverent. May our vision be wide like the sky and every morning hold the promise of magic. May we see the world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower. Amen and blessed be.